Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. It's always so nice when we worship Jesus and, and you know, the, the word that Joel brought forth, like when we praise God, that's when breakthrough will come. When we praise him, that's when revelation will come. When we praise him, God will reveal himself and he will pour out his blessing and his favor upon his people. So it always starts with praising God and coming before him and lifting him up. So regardless of whether we have a lot of people or little people, whether we are in our, uh, by ourselves or whether we're in the big group of people, it's from a heart, from our own heart that we praise our Lord Jesus. So it was amazing. Um, I feel like this stand is different than what I'm so used to. It kind of threw me off a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, how are you guys? You guys are good? Thank you. Um, I, I feel like I haven't been up here for a while. I have been so busy with, uh, uh, I'm bivocational for those of you who may not know, so I've been so busy traveling that suddenly I just feel like, wow, I have not been here for a while. So it's a little bit intimidating with the spotlights coming at you. But uh, let's preach the word of God because we wanna talk about Jesus and that's what we're here for. Um, just to, for those who are visiting or those who um, have been with us for a little while, we are going through the book of Ephesians. And very briefly, uh, I'm gonna give you a very brief summary. Is the book of Ephesians started out with the greatness, the exceeding greatness of our God Jesus, of our God and how he eventually united two groups of people together, the, the Jews and the Gentiles, into himself to make a new humanity. As the new people in Christ, we are to live united. And actually, more than just two groups, like, because for us nowadays, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, whether it is uh, economic uh, uh, backgrounds or um, social status or um, academic status, we are to come together be united and lift up the name of Jesus. And his plan is to reveal his glory over creations. And that is to be done through the church. We saw that in, in chapter three and chapter four. So the first half of chapter four is about the fivefold gifting that Jesus himself is giving to help build up and strengthen the church. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teachers, and evangelists with the intention to strengthen the church and to bring unity to the church. So this means all of us, not just a few, all of us are to, be, are to prioritize and to learn all about these gifting, the five-fold Ephesians 4 gifting. So that's why when Ken comes, we invite these people with the five-fold Ephesians chapter 4 gifting to help equip us and strengthen us. And that's why we want everyone to come in and join in with us, learn about the things that he has, and Ken operates powerfully in the gift of the Holy Spirit so he can help us to get into that vein and be more comfortable with how to operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, so then we can all together grow into the whole measure of fullness of Christ, which is in verse 12 in chapter 4. So this takes us to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. The rest of chapter uh, 4 is fairly chunky, so I will not uh, read through every verse. But with you guys, I encourage everyone to read through these verses in your own time. Uh, you you, we all have smartphones now, right? Hopefully, we all have one. 
Even Marie has one, so everyone has to have one. So if Marie has one, everyone has to have a smartphone. And with that, you can have the app and you can look on your Bible that way. I realize not everyone has a physical Bible, but that's okay. You know, as long as you have an app and you can look, uh, read it up. So I would encourage you guys to read this passage in your own quiet time. Uh, this, uh, if, if you're looking for something, because very briefly, it is an instructional handbook for us as followers of Jesus in terms of like how we are to live and what are the behaviors that we are to have. So let's, uh, let's go with verse 17. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. So I tell you this. It's regarding what we now know through the first three and a half chapters, if you have been following with us, in terms of who God is, his plan for creations, his plan for salvation through Jesus, and his plan for the church, and his gift to the church. So essentially, verse 17 can be translated as, in light of everything that we have read, in light of everything that I have revealed to you, in light of everything that you now know, in light of knowing that we are God's people, in light of knowing that in Christ, we have been set free, in light of knowing that God is working in the church and through the church, which is comprised of his people, to reveal his redemptive plan and his glory to the world, to the world around us. So in light of knowing that we are loved by God, by a love that surpasses knowledge, in light of knowing that God is strengthening us with his power through his spirit in our inner being, in light of knowing all those things, Paul is insisting that we cannot and should not live like how we used to live. Like those who all live like those who don't know Jesus. Paul was being very strong, and we can sense the urgency in this verse alone. But we also saw that in Ephesians chapter chapter four, verse one. He said, "As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you." Right? Ryan talked about this last week. He's like, "I urge you," not just like he used the example of, "Oh, there's a good restaurant down the road." It's like, no, I urge you to try this out to see what good food tastes like. So if you're here, it's all about food, movies, or sports. That, those are the only illustrations that I know. So I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have. So the same thing. He's like, I insist on it in the Lord. Do not live like how we used to live before we have the revelation of Jesus as our Lord, our King, and our Savior. We now belong to the kingdom of light. Even though some of us still live with the same mindset, like the same lifestyle, like how we used to live when our master was the devil. Like when we were under the dominion of darkness or under the rule of the kingdom of darkness. I'm gonna use an illustration. I'm usually gonna use my own illustration because I don't wanna put other people on the spot. For some of you who may know this, so I, I, I live in a refugee camp and I grew up poor and I was, um, so I, I used to eat like, um, I may not get to eat for a little while. But it's because I have a big appetite also. So I, and also I used to hoard things and keep things because you know, I don't want to be wasteful by throwing things away, even if I won't need them again. So that's like the mindset, the poverty mindset, right? The, 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 the hunger mindset. Through the Holy Spirit and the revelation of Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was able to break free of that mindset and to live with the revelation that God is our ultimate provider. 
And he is an extremely generous God. Extremely generous God. I'm going to say that he's an extremely generous God. So we don't have to worry, oh man, what's going to happen the next day? Who's going to provide for me? How am I going to get the food or the money I need a month from now? God is an extremely generous God. So our mind, however, our mind is an extremely, extremely strong opponent against what his spirit wants us to do and to have. Our mind doesn't flip very easily. This is why we see such a strong word in this chapter, right? I urge you, I insist, don't act like infants. Don't be naive. If you feel offended, be offended. Let's not act or behave like how we used to be, and then we're going to go through the rest of the verses here. So God is insisting. I know I said Paul earlier, but now we know that Scripture is God's speak. So God is insisting that we leave our old self behind and our old behaviors behind. His Spirit is insisting for us to live with the knowledge of everything that we have in Ephesians up until now. Everything that you read in Ephesians up until now, live with that knowledge. And from here on out, don't live like how we used to live. So it is the same in this, in this passage when, I, when I'm saying that God is insisting. Because he's saying that in light of what I have done, in light of what I have given to you, what you now possessed in Christ, what you are now able to do in Christ, do not live with the same mindset, with the same behaviors. Before Christ, don't behave like your old self. That we see that in verse 18 and 19. The behaviors we had before Jesus, or those who don't know Jesus, don't live with the poverty mentality. Right? Even though we're no longer in darkness, some of us, myself included, sometimes you may live with the same mindset of how you used to be. So don't live with that mentality. Don't live with the spiritual poverty mentality. Live with the spiritual wealth mentality. So getting back to the passage, you know, we were taught, we were taught, this is, we see this from scripture in verse 21, according to the truth that is in Jesus. So if we go to Jesus, he will speak the truth to us. The truth that is the Holy Spirit is one, th- is one thing we didn't know, right? If we didn't know and we still live like we used to, but now we know, now that we know, we can't live like how we used to anymore. Now that we know, we have or we should live differently. Now, through Jesus, we know the difference between living a life in Christ and living a life without Christ. So, in this passage, God is urging us to live according to what we now know. Now, I'll highlight, I will highlight some of the key words in this passage for us. So, in, in verse 18, you said, they are darkened in their understanding and hardened in their heart. This addressed the state of their minds and their hearts. However, We know Jesus. We have Jesus. We have been set free from a darkened mindset and a hardened heart. We have been enlightened and led by the Spirit of God. So don't be swayed by any New Age teaching. We see that in here in verse 21. Any cunning or craftiness or deceitful scheming. Because we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. So be discerning in what is according to the truth that is in Jesus. An illustration is tap into the Holy Spirit. Seek help from the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. An illustration I would try to use is, because um, what, what, what we see in Ephesians 4 is he's trying to tell us, listen to the Holy Spirit. 
don't be swayed by other people and other things and behavior because it's the same thing as um, um, I used to play soccer, right? So some of those of you, anyone that knows soccer? Because I know we're in America, but soccer is the most popular sport worldwide, just so you guys know, just in case you didn't know that. Um, so if you play soccer and you have Lionel Messi, which some of you may not know, the greatest soccer player that has ever lived, arguably. So you have Lionel Messi next to you, and you decide not to seek him for advice, not to seek him for guidance. And you would say, you know what? I'll learn how to play soccer on YouTube. I got this. Versus asking the greatest player that's ever lived. So that's what the same thing, what this passage is trying to say is, Seek the truth according to what Jesus has taught us, what the Holy Spirit is revealing to us, whom we have already. So the people who don't have Jesus, they have to go to YouTube, right? They have to go seek help from everywhere else. But for us, we have Jesus. So don't be tricked or sway, and don't let our minds be hardened and our hearts be hardened to the things that the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us and guide us, which when we allow our, our minds to be darkened and our hearts to be hardened, it leads to a loss of sensitivity. We see that in verse 19. When we lose sensitivity in this thing is awareness of the Holy Spirit. That's what sensitivity is. If we go back to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it's like uh, Paul was praying for the strengthening in the power of his spirit in our inner being. So it's an awareness of his spirit. So when we lose the sensitivity of his spirit, we're giving ourselves over to the sensuality and indulge in every kind of impurity and full of greed. So no sensitivity due to unawareness of the Holy Spirit lead us to replace that with sensuality lead to impurity and greed. And impurity is the opposite of holiness. Greed, by definition, is selfishness, right? Me, myself, and I, I need more. Give me more. How can I get more? So self, greed is selfishness, and it's the opposite of godly righteousness, which is the opposite of unity. Because greed is about us. Godliness and righteousness is about unity. What can I give? What can I bring? What can I present so we can all enjoy this, so we can all come together? However, our old self has died, so let our old behaviors die with it in this passage. Our new self is alive in Christ, so let us inhibit and exhibit our new behaviors. Like, live in the truth that is in Jesus. We see that in verse 20 to 24, and please go read that at home. So we were taught to put off our old self and put on our new self that we have through Jesus, especially anger. We'll come to verse 26, especially anger, because anger gives the devil a foothold in our heart. Verse 26, that in your anger, do not sin. Try to deal with our anger quickly, as quickly as possible. Without going too much into this step, dealing with it by speaking truth in love to those we are angry with, or ask those who we are angry with to speak to us truth in love. We see truth in love is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. You know, speaking truth in love to those that we know. So we may not like how we're supposed to deal with anger, right? Because sometimes when you're angry, you just like, you don't want to talk. Maybe that's just me. But sometimes when we're angry, you don't want to talk. You just want to like break things or smash things if you're really angry. If you're a little bit angry, you may not want to break anything. But if you're really angry, it's hard to contain it. But scripture is trying to tell us this is how you're supposed to deal with anger now. 
because you are in a new life. You have a new behavior, a new mindset, a new way of dealing with your, with your people, our people, God's people. But this is the instruction on how we are to deal with it as followers of Jesus. So let's go to uh, verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. This verse speaks to all of us working hard at our jobs. So we can use the resources or the finances through the result of hard work to be generous to others, be generous to those in need. This is what work so that they may have something to share means. It is to be generous with what God has given to us, what God has provided to us. God is a very generous God. I said that in the very beginning, extremely generous God. And we, in our new self, in our new behaviors, are also to exhibit generosity. Also, yeah, Grayson agrees. In your generosity, you want to exhibit generosity to others also. This heart of generosity speaks to more than just tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings are just the baseline. Giving 10% is just a very minimum expectations, a requirement that God has for us as his people. After doing what's minimum expected, which is tithes, we want to use what we have to share with others. That's why something to share with those in need refers to something that will come at a cost. That will come at a cost to our comfort, come at a cost to our benefits, come at a cost to our own uh, luxury or betterment. We're willing to share that with others. That's what generosity is. It comes at a cost to us. Use our finance to share with others, to help others. Work hard so we can use our resources to help others. I have never been, if you ever talked talk to me before, I have, never been, I have never been an advocate to not make money. We are meant to make money and have money and be compensated for what, we're, what we do. We should never be embarrassed. We should never be ashamed of how much money we make. When, when, when we know that our finances ultimately come from God. If we know that, we should never be ashamed of what we are receiving from God, of our generosity. He is our ultimate provider. As long as we know that and keep that as a priority, money is not evil. I don't know if you guys ever heard that. You may have heard that before. Money is not evil. How we idolize money, that is the evil desire. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. And Matthew 6, 24, you cannot love both money and God. It is the love of money, not money itself. The love of money leads to greed, which leads to selfishness, right? Which leads to anger. If we lose it, we will get angry. It's like, wait, that's my money. Why am I giving my money away? Why am I tithing? What are you going to do with my money? Versus, God, you are the ultimate provider. So that's, that's when the devil will get a foothold in our heart. Versus using our money for the things that God has called us to do, to bless others, to be generous to others. That is what scripture is. That is what we're supposed to live like. So if you ever have... Friends who are wealthy, there's nothing wrong with that. It's what they do with that money. 
is whether it is the love for money or not. That is what we need to address to us, in our, to, to ourselves. So again, I, I don't want to spend too much time to talk about money, but it is an important topic. In, in scriptures, Jesus talked about money often, just, just so you guys know, if you didn't know that before. So, so let's go back to the passage. So do not allow unwholesome talk or anger as it, will, as it will give the devil a foothold in our heart. When we have anger in our heart, it will lead to bitterness. This is in verse 31. To rage and brawling, which is fighting, and slander. This is what grieved the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That is the Spirit of God that is within us. That is the Spirit of God that wants to be with us, wants to lead us, wants to fill us up with joy, rest, and peace. I'm going to use the illustration. It's almost like do not wear your old clothes when you have a whole new closet of new, clean, beautiful clothes. We have a choice, and we have control of whether or not the devil may have a foothold in our heart. We have a choice to put on dirty, unwashed old clothes or new Clean, fresh clothes, spiritually speaking. But if I'm just speaking regularly with clothes, why, would you like to add new clothes? Or would you want to keep on wearing old, dirty clothes? I like to wear new clothes. I know Vanessa loves to wear new clothes every week. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Um, anyway, but this is spiritual speaking. God is urging us, put on new clothes. Put on what I have given to you. It's fresh, it's clean, it's righteousness, it's holy. Put that on and don't wear the clothes. Don't behave in the way that we used to because we now belong to Jesus. And remember that. We belong to Jesus. So the devil cannot, cannot do anything to us or tell us what to do. He lies to us. He tries to trick us. But he cannot tell us what to do. And he cannot do anything to us because we now belong to Jesus unless we allow him to. If we allow him to and believe the lies, believe the doubts, that's how the devil will slowly come in and trick us and tell us what we are and what we are not. So when we put on our new, new clothes, we're being filled with the Holy Spirit and we have new behaviors that is just like how the people of God and we can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we will exude kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. These are the traits that describe who our God is. You talked about all the bad behaviors, bitterness, anger, uh, fighting, slander, kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. As a pupil of God, people of God, we have His Spirit in us. So remember, in Christ, meaning Jesus, His Spirit is in our heart and everything originates from the heart. We know that, right? So kindness, compassion, and forgiveness will fill us when we have the Holy Spirit, and it will fill into the people around us, so they will sense kindness. They will experience compassion. They will experience forgiveness, and that is countercultural to the world that we live in when they see, oh, wow, you forgive pretty quickly. Oh, why are you so kind to me when I'm rude to you? Why do you have so much compassion for me? And that will help cause people to think about why we do the things that we do and where we came from. So I'll bring this morning to a close by saying that the second half of Ephesians chapter 4, the Holy Spirit is urging, insisting, 
insisting for us to live according to the truth that is in Jesus. So for us, let's live according to the truth that is in Jesus. Do not live like how we used to live or live like those who don't know Jesus. Live differently because we are different. Essentially, this passage tells us or insists, us, insists on us to leave the old behaviors behind. Leave our old clothes behind. So next week, everyone's going to wear new clothes, right? No? Okay. Embrace our new behaviors and put on our new clothes that is in Christ. That is in Christ, in the Holy Spirit that is in us. I'm just joking about new clothes. I like the clothes that I have. I'm not getting a new closet anytime soon. So think of the strongest, getting back to Ephesians, think of the strongest urging and the strongest insisting for us from God is to live as people, we sang on this, who knows the cost of our eternal freedom? Live with the gratitude. It didn't cost just a few things, or it didn't even cost a lot. Jesus died on the cross for us. So when we live with that gratitude, we will live differently. We will not take our lives lightly when we truly understand what it meant to be free. So live with a lifestyle that is contrasting to the world around us. Live as people who are free from the bondage of the, of the devil, knowing that we're free, instead of thinking that we're free, but our mindset is still just like in their old behaviors, free from legalism, free from fear. Joel prayed for this and actually came through in the worship, free from, from shame and guilt, anxiety, addictions, free from doubt, free from insecurity to know that we belong to God and he loves us like, and live a spirit-filled life. We are to live a spirit-filled life, being led by the Holy Spirit that exhibit kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. So I'm going to end with that by saying that. So this passage is commonly known as, as instruction for Christian living. Follow these instructions on what to do and what not to do. Memorize this passage so then we can begin to exhibit these behaviors, these new behaviors. So this is how outwardly we can separate ourselves from the people around us because we know inwardly the Holy Spirit is with us and he's leading us and he's guiding us. So our behaviors can be our new clothes that we're wearing going forward. So so that's what I have for us for this morning. Uh, I encourage you guys to continue to, to stay with us, read with us through Ephesians. And if there's something that you uh, don't really fully get, please feel free to come up and talk to one of us or read through the first three and a half chapters to catch you up to where we are now. Because from here on out, we're going to move into the lifestyles, how we are to live, the instruction on what we are to do. Uh, so anyway, why don't we stand up? I'm going to pray for us, and, we, uh, and then I'll hand it over to Toby. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you, God. We are so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that whenever we come before you, as we praise you and lift you up, you are always with us. You pour out your presence on your people, that you will bring revelation to your people. You will break off chains. You will break off misunderstanding. You will break off confusion, and you will bring clarity to your people. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will bring greater clarity, Lord, just a greater conviction, greater understanding, a greater revelation of who you are. And I just pray that you will give us the strength 
and the perseverance to live without new behaviors and leave the old behaviors behind. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you and we honor you and we lift you up, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 